0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You know, I saw this last night. I saw this on Twitter and I thought, looks like someone we know. And uh, it goes back about 20 years, but the studious fan of football that enjoy ah, look at that <laughs> i it mean is. my god my god now that's not the real playmakers that's the original playmakers the new playmakers obviously i still have it right here you can buy it anywhere you buy your books but but and the title is inspired the title is inspired by the excellent tv show that the nfl didn't like so the nfl told espn get rid of it. If you want to continue to do business with us, if you want to continue to pay us an obscene amount of money for our product, get rid of that show. That Hard Knocks poster looks a hell of a lot. Put that up again. That's amazing. It looks a hell of a lot like the old Playmakers poster.
1: It does. Look at that. You, you almost know just as many players in the Playmakers poster <laughs> as you do in the Lions poster. <laughs> I mean, how can, I got to think that a lot of people out there are going, wait, okay, there's a the head coach. All right, there's Jared Goff. Wait, who are these other guys? And just speak to the point where the Lions are perfect for Hard Knocks because they have no household names. They got some good players on the football team. We know that. But, damn, I don't think many people out there, we could quiz the the normal football fan. I don't know if they're going to know who the hell that is on the cover of the Hard Knocks Detroit Lions. If I could put a thought bubble
0: over Jared Goff, it would be, see, my hands are not small. That would be the thought bubble. The way he's holding that football. Hey, everybody, look. I got my fingers spread out a little bit. My hands are not small. Or or it's possible. That's a high school football. It is possible. We can't see the Duke on there. It could be a Nerf ball, too. So uh, optical illusions uh, in the uh, hard knocks over the Detroit Lions. All right. Um, coming in August. And, by the way, Detroit's going to host the draft in twenty. 20- 24. That was some just like news that dropped out of nowhere yesterday morning. They usually don't do those things in March. Draft two years from now and hard knocks. They usually hard knocks. You hear about it in May or June. All right. Uh, Matt Rule, coach of the Panthers, for now. He says the Panthers aren't necessarily locked into a quarterback with a sixth overall pick. I mean, that's smart because you don't want whoever is drafting after you to know you're locked into a quarterback, and then they better jump ahead of you to get the quarterback that you may be trying to get. He says they're evaluating everything that they have by way of quarterbacks in trades and free agents, et cetera. And we, you know, we've talked about this. They've, they've been kissing frogs, and I think they're done with kissing frogs. You can't, hey, let's get Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe he'll become a franchise quarterback. Oh, no, he didn't. Let's get Sam Darnold. Maybe he'll become a franchise quarterback. Oh, no, he didn't. Let's get Cam Newton. He used to be a franchise quarterback. Maybe he'll become one again. Oh, no, he didn't. I mean, wh- wh- we, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, mean, Oh, no, we already know. Like, at some point, the guy is who he is. You're not going to make him into someone who he isn't. And I don't know why David Tepper thought that if we just do something differently, a guy who hit a ceiling elsewhere is going to bust through it here. But I think they've understood now that's
1: not the way that we're going to find the quarterback that we want for the next 10 years. No, I mean, no. And listen, I'll I'll be the first to tell you, I was one of those that thought Sam Darnold would work. So, I mean, you know, again, David Tepper, we look at it. But as a guy, I looked at the Sam Darnold situation and went, well, the Jets, they've been so bad. The guy does got some talent. I think maybe that could work. I I really thought that, that that had some, you know, potential. Obviously, it did not work. And now, yeah, you're in, in danger. You can't do the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, I think, because of what you just talked about. you got to stop doing the you know, retreads or, wait, this team didn't want him, but we'll take him and make him better. That doesn't make sense. Uh, pick number six. They're going to be sitting there pretty, you know, with looks like just being able to take whatever quarterback they want. But will they do it? You know, that That's the big thing too, Mike. I, I The Panthers, to me, are one of the intriguing teams. Yes, there's a quarterback need, but yes – You know, it's not a class that blows everybody out of the water. And yes, this might be Matt rules last year, like we talked about last week. And do you want to let him do the evaluation and pick the quarterback if you're not sure he's going to be here after next year? So there's a there's a few things at play here with Carolina when you talk about quarterback uh, and I'll be interested to kind of see where this all goes as as, as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Ask Matt Nagy. If we're
0: talking about Matt's, that's Matt Nagy how it goes. You draft that quarterback. And look, it was a mess for the Bears last year. They gave up this year's first-round pick. They bring in Justin Fields. And I saw somebody from the Chicago Beat suggesting that if Fields, you know, doesn't really do well this year, he may not be the long-term answer. That's why you don't let a GM and a head coach who have any chance of entering the last year of their tenure trade up and get a quarterback. Because if the next regime – comes in and says, Hey, we don't really like this guy. You're setting your team back. Yeah. You're wasting your risky. picks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Darren Gant uh, tweets that Matt Rule says the NFL has a tendency to rush rookie quarterbacks, but it's important to think long-term about the development of Yes. Yes. And yes, quarterbacks do get rushed. Yes. First round quarterbacks do. You better be ready to put that guy on the field. Unless you got a pretty good quarterback who can play until the guy's ready. The NFL is a one-year-at-a-time proposition now. Every season is unique, and there's pressure on every team to be competitive every year. And the way things have gone in recent years, more rookies are ready to play than not. So if you're going to use a top-ten pick on a quarterback, you better think he's ready to play. And I know that there are yeah, exceptions. Right. Patrick Mahomes was one of them. But for the most part, I, I look at it this way. You're talking about top-ten pick. If you're not going to use it on a quarterback who's ready to play— Use it on someone else who's ready to play. Get the most out of that rookie contract. Get the difference maker who's going to be on the field week one, helping you win football games. Um, if you, you you want a project, don't make it a top ten pick. That I that's that, to, I hear you me, that's kind a of similar, the loose dividing line. Yeah, arm.
1: no, I I, I I I adhere to that a little bit. Uh, I I would I I know what you're saying. You know, yes, we do tend to rush it, but like you said but uh, right now quarterbacks are as ready as ever to come into the NFL to play. I mean, we've discussed this a lot, you know, between growing up seven on seven, high schools are throwing more, all these camps. Everybody's got a quarterback coach. The kids are ready to throw and play in the NFL. It's not pretty. I, I'm still one that'll sit here and tell you I'm, I'm always a, I'm a believer and get them out there right away. Let them take their lumps. Let them get used to the game. Now, what's also interesting with Carolina, too, is – you know, we're in, a, we're in a, a quarterback draft class where, yes, I think Matt Corral's the best one. I think he could play in any system because of his skill set or whatever. But there's still some, hey, you'd like to see him play more and get a little bit better in these areas. It'd be a little bit of like, I could see it being a little bit of a bumpy road for a guy adjusting to the NFL and getting used to what it takes there. You know, is that the guy Carolina wants to go down with here? Matt Rule and company that might be their last year. That's where I look at it for them. To your point, Mike, where like I look at Corral and Willis who have, I think, a much higher ceiling than Kenny Pickett, but Pickett's the guy that's ready, but he doesn't have the, oh, wow, skill set. And that's where it's another little wrinkle or interesting thing about this where, yeah, you could take him at six and go, okay, he's ready. He's ready to play, but... I think there's a very real possibility that two or three years down the road from now we're going, hey, yeah, Kenny Pickett's ready to play, and he was the most schooled and NFL ready. But these two might be, these two are superstars, are about to break out and be superstars. And that's, I think, got to play into this dynamic here a little bit too for Carolina or these teams looking to quarterback in the top ten. Meanwhile, Matt Rule also said that
0: he believes Sam Darnold will take a huge step this year and that new offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo Will be a big part of it. I, they're gonna they're gonna kiss the frog again. Yeah, that's what, they what I was gonna say. They're the kissing frog the frog. Wants.
1: OC. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I was having the same thought. It's like another guy where it's like, well, we're not sure. It didn't work out the first time, but you know, we're just hopeful it'll be better this time. I don't know.
0: Now, now yeah. there is a chance that that's all bullcrap, as Pete points out. Matt Rule told us to our faces two years right. ago, I can't wait to coach Cam Newton while they were actively trying to trade him. And, you know, he he did get a chance to coach Cam Newton. It just was a year and a half later, and not, not the way that he meant it when he said it. So that may just be puffery. See, th- th- this is the problem. And I understand that with so many media obligations and so many different reporters and the teams having their own media outlets there's a compulsion for coaches to speak but you really do have to be careful what you say and when you start talking too openly about what your plans are in the draft you really are risking getting jumped by someone I mean that that is part of the cloak and dagger of the draft you don't want anyone to know what you're going to do and at the end of the day you want to be able to say the guy you got was the guy you wanted all along yeah I'm surprised that that more teams don't Keep the cards close to the vest. Find a way to say something that ultimately says nothing. Nick Saban is the master of this. Go back and read his transcripts. He always seems like he's saying something because of the way he says it. Yeah. When you go look at what he actually said, it's like that it didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Yeah. I just said something. He, well, he they didn't say anything. He did.
1: You said, yep, you said something for sure. And uh <laughs> but, no, you're right. He gives you a Like a great comment that kind of encompasses it all, but doesn't really dive into the specifics of like his situation or answering it. He gives you like a, 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 you know, a banner statement and you go, Oh, that was a cool way to say it. And that I've never heard someone package it that way, but you're right. He never really gives you any details behind it. Uh, There's something to be said about that. Uh, This Matt rule, Ben McAdoo, Sam Darnold situation uh, going to be very interesting I know you know we all look at it and go wait you know Jimmy Garoppolo hey maybe that go maybe they get desperate and go there but I mean again you know you listen to people around the NFL last year I think the 49ers had interest in Sam Darnold I mean I think there's a lot of people that will look at it and go no Sam Darnold's got more physical ability than Jimmy Garoppolo I mean everything about him so maybe that's where they just go hey Maybe it was a bad situation for Sam Darnold. Listen, they couldn't run the ball that well. They didn't have a great O-line last year. And Joe Brady was not ready for the NFL yet. That, that, that's the other thing, too, to at least defend Sam Darnold a little bit. You heard me say, I think by about week five last year, or week six, I started going, man, it's, I, I see this, this is the, I've seen this play seven times, and we're in the second quarter. I've seen this formation and this run You know, every week. You know, it became a little too predictable that way, too, to where it didn't give Sam Darnold much of a fighting chance either. So maybe Ben McAdoo can help that situation out.
0: All right, let's take a break. You mentioned Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan has arrived at the NFC coaches breakfast, and he has addressed his plan for Jimmy G. We'll discuss it when PFT Live continues right after this. Kyle Shanahan shows up at the NFC coach's breakfast. He says he sees a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster in 2022, but acknowledges the shoulder surgery delayed. Trey talks as if both Lance and Jimmy G, Jimmy G are on the roster. Shanahan declines. The name of starter. starter. Oh God, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And you know what, Chris? I'm starting to think that Kyle Shanahan doesn't believe in Trey Lance. I'm starting to think the Kyle Shanahan is thinking, I should have listened to myself. I should have told whoever convinced me to pivot from Mac Jones to Trey Lance to sit down and shut the f up and let me decide who the quarterback's going to be. I don't believe in Trey Lance. At some point, that's a fair conclusion to make. I'm not saying I made it yet. No. I, At some point that's a fair conclusion to make. If he continues to cling to Jimmy G. You know, cuz it could be, it could be that he's secretly happy that the shoulder surgery blew up the trade because he's thinking, I don't know about Trey Lance. I mean, at some point, I need to hear a full-throated Trey Lance is the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. This mealy math, I'm not going to name a starter. No, at some point, you got to tell me that Trey Lance is the starter. I'm going to say, this guy doesn't believe in Trey Lance.
1: It's fair to ask that question, 100%. It's the first thing that goes through anybody's mind, I think, that reads this and and logically, or at least logically follows the NFL. They go, wait, wait, the guy that we traded three first-round picks might sit on the bench for another year? There's no guarantee that he's going to be the starter going into year two? 100% it's going to make people question. It's going to make people on his own team question and go, oh, man, maybe coach doesn't think he's ready. Wow. I mean, there's definitely, that's, you know, some of the things we talked about earlier. That's what they're in danger of, you know, doing here splitting the locker room, confusing the locker room, not giving total belief into Trey Lance. At least that's to me what they're, you know, uh, in danger of of doing here. And it just seems, again, a little bit like they kind of want it both ways here. Well, I don't believe this. I don't. Again, I think this is, if you had to ask me, in evaluating the situation from you know 10,000 feet above here, I, again, I think this is a lot of talk just to keep Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value up there. But to me, it seems like organizational suicide to keep a backup quarterback that's going to make $25 million has taken you to two NFC championships in the last three years and have him hovering behind the guy you just traded three first-round picks for. That, to me, is really, really dicey, and and I don't think a, a good situation for them.
0: And if this is just a game to get something for Jimmy G, they have to realize that everyone else isn't stupid. They understand what the game is. And I hope that that privately Kyle Shanahan is saying to Trey Lance, This is all just for show. Jimmy G is not going to be here. You're going to be here. So you get ready. He's not going to be the quarterback. The rest of this stuff, we're just trying to get somebody to trade for him. But at some point, you just have to give it up. Is it really worth an extra fourth-round pick, conditional fifth, whatever you're going to get for Jimmy? Is it really worth it to complicate your effort to turn Trey Lance to another Steve Young or Joe Montana. Is it really worth it? Because I think it is complicating their effort to get the most out of Trey Lance. Clinging to Jimmy G, whether it's because Kyle isn't sure about Trey Lance or it's because they're playing this game to get trade value for Jimmy G. He did say, Kyle did, that the natural pro- he was asked if the natural progression is for Trey Lance to start this year. Kyle said that's why we looked into trading Jimmy. But Kyle also said that they haven't made a decision on what it'll look like if both are on the roster. So, so yeah, th- look, I think that I'm sorry, they've done well the past few years, but these are the hallmarks of a dysfunctional organization. That's what dysfunction looks like. You've got some people pushing for one agenda, you've got others thinking we should do something else, and then you're you're just making this this mishmash of crap on the fly. Based upon circumstances and a broader desire to not look like you're, you're, you know, without a clue, without a plan, and that you have some cohesive strategy when when they just don't.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I I, I don't want to say dysfunctional organization, because the organization's too good to say that, right? At least in my opinion. But... When it comes to this quarterback situation, the, the, yeah, things have been a little dysfunctional there, for sure. I mean, the, the quarterback situation has been dysfunctional and continues to be weird as we sit here late March. Uh, this is, you know, uh, second year in a row, really. Uh, so that, that that's where it is. It's hovering over an organization that's got everything in place, like we've talked about. Unbelievable roster, a team that can win the Super Bowl. But this quarterback issue has been a thing that has handicapped this team to a degree. And as we've always talked about, it just seems like ever since the Vikings divisional playoff game, when we were sitting there on the sidelines, from that point on, and then of course the loss of the Super Bowl, there's been a effort to, in San Francisco, overthrow Jimmy G. We can do better. He's holding us back and that's where they are, and those are the signals they sent out to the whole NFL, and now they get another quarterback and they're trying to act like he was – oh, wait, wait, he's better than – what you thought or what you heard through our organization, through the grapevine, all these last few years. He's better, he's better, he's better. And that's where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, let alone you couple in the Trey Lance trade conversation, what they traded to get to him. Was it Mac Jones calling Rogers the night before? We heard they were in on Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford before that. The, the situation at quarterback in San Francisco has been weird for quite a few years now.
0: I do need to correct one thing you said.
1: Yeah. You
0: said we were on the sidelines. We were until they came to tell us. And they us kicked the us off.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Even though, remember, I was like, the pass says sidelines. And remember how it started? We were, like, moving around to get different views of what was going on because we got the sideline pass. I mean, we, we, we're, we're among the PA. We get to hang out down here, you know. And, and we're, we're, we're watching the game. And they come down and say, we need to go to the NBC area. And we're like, fine, fine. doesn't say that on the pass, but fine, fine. I'll comply. This is your this is your thing. Yeah. So we go to the NBC area, and we're there watching the game from the NBC area, and they come and say, you need to go into the compound. It's like, I was pissed. I'm still mad about it two years later.
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand. Our under- pass
0: said sideline. I don't understand we had that either. Sideline. All access. What does all access mean? Again, again, it's pete's shocked i'm still mad i can hold a grudge baby but i i feel like it was like a little i don't know what it was but it was weird why, why what's who are we hurting we're standing in the spot where our our uh, our set is yeah we're watching the game i, I don't inside get it and watch it on tv I know. we're at the game i know if i'd have known i'd have bought tickets to so go and sit <laughs> in the stands and watch the freaking game i know all right, let's take I a know. break all right well more more from the nfc coaches breakfast where people do have access passes, and they're not telling them to go watch it on TV when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, more from the NFC coaches' breakfast. Matt LaFleur continuing to discuss the Devontae Adams trade. Says Devontae Adams is not going to be easy to replace. I would envision a lot can happen between now and opening day. We're moving forward. Yeah, right, right, right. They are moving forward. They're moving forward without Devontae Adams, and they got to find a receiver. The number one guy on their roster currently is Randall Cobb. Alan Lazard has not yet signed his restricted free agency tender, and he's got some leverage. What's his leverage? Randall Cobb is your top receiver right now. That's his leverage. Marquez yeah. Valdez Scantling is gone. He's now a member of the Chiefs. I mean, uh, the,
1: the, he does have leverage you're right I, I didn't even think about that don't with understand it yeah. yeah yeah I'm just
0: not signing I'm not signing I want a long-term deal even if nobody signs me to an offer sheet somewhere else he can say I'm not signing this you need me more than I need you at this point
1: yeah I, I you're right he they do I mean he he to me when healthy would be the best receiver on their roster now he's better than than Randall Cobb at this point of his career Lazard's a huge man he's about six three or six four You know, he can, he can win with his size and he can do a little of everything. He can play outside and inside. So he does got a little leverage there. I don't understand what they're doing either. I don't. Uh, I I mean, again, the they they double down and show their love for Aaron Rodgers and do all that. And here we are going, wait, what the hell are we doing on their football team now? I don't, I don't know either. And like we talked about yesterday. Yeah. They'll be able to address the situation with the draft a little bit, but that's not going to like fill the need of Devante Adams. That was a different connection. I mean, Rodgers and Adams were, you know, Zen masters. This is a a start over where you're going to have one guy that's a Zen that's going to be, you know, trying to teach a young pup or a pupil to get up to speed to where he can at least trust them with the basic plays. That's where it's a total game changer for the the Packers.
0: LaFleur also said, as it relates to the return of Aaron Rodgers, we are going to continue to add talent around him. There are going to be opportunities, always some unforeseen things that will uh, transpire. Yes, the best player on your team, not named Aaron Rodgers, is gone. You traded him. You could have kept him. He, he was saying he's not going to play under the franchise tag. It's $20 million. If you say, we are not trading you, your choices are to play for us at $20 million or sit out the year. What do you really think he's going to do? What do you really think Devontae Adams would have done if push comes to shove? Right? I mean, or you could have said, play play for one year at $20 million. And we won't tag you next year. Or we'll trade you next year. Something. But if they really wanted him to stay, they, they could have said, this is how it's going to be. We're going to pay you $20 million to play for us this year. And uh, they, they let him go instead for a first-round to second-round pick that is going to be a lottery ticket that they're going to scratch off. And it's either going to hit or it's not. And Aaron Rodgers' ability to add to his legacy is now tied to the ability of Brian Gutekunst to turn those picks into something that can immediately help not Three or four years from now, immediately help Aaron Rodgers win football games.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, and and as we discussed, you know, last week or, or even yesterday, it, to me, changes their football team. I don't look at them the same right now. And yeah, they're a playoff team and a, and a division that's not very good. But uh, until I see something on the offensive side of the ball, I'd go. They're out of the Super Bowl window. That that's no longer. Like they're not, they're, they're a real good team in the playoffs. Like we talked about, but uh, until improvements are made at wide receiver or whatever, it's only Aaron Rodgers can only overcome so much. And uh, it's a huge, huge blow to their football team. They're not the same team without Devonte Adams.
0: Uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, again, we talked earlier about how the Panthers basically are letting it be known that they're looking at quarterback at six, the Steelers, not rolling out quarterback at 20, whenever the Packers draft in the first couple of rounds, if you are behind them and there is a receiver you like, you better jump the Packers like the 49ers did in 2020 when they so moved up. Brandon, Ayuk, Brandon, Ayuk, right. Cause that's one of the guys, the, Pac- the Packers plan for 2020 was we want Justin Jefferson. Oh, he's gone. We want Brandon. Ayuk. Oh wait, there went the 49ers to get him. Hmm, what do we do now? Let's trade up for a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what in the world? I, what I don't the world have the list right. in front of me of the other receivers in twenty twenty, but I'd like to think they could have traded down for a receiver who would have turned out to be halfway decent yeah. in twenty twenty. So well, we know there were some great that.
1: receivers drafted after that. So yeah, there were there was there was those chances, definitely. And 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 and, 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 and Go ahead.
0: Look at who's drafting behind. I, I mean, know. the Chiefs have picks twenty-eight and twenty-nine, and they need to replace Tyreek Hill.
1: Yes, they so do. So the
0: Packers, the Packers have to worry about that. They've got number twenty-two and number twenty-eight. But the Bills is, might uh, be looking at
1: receiver at twenty-five. You know, there, there's, you know, the Buccaneers could be looking at it, going, "Hey, you know, Evans is getting up there." The Titans, you could put them in that. You know, there, there's some teams there that could all could be interested. As far as a, a, a you know wide receiver interest there, a hundred percent. The Cardinals, yeah, they lost Christian Kirk. You know, I, I they they probably want, they probably won't. But like when you look at Green Bay and you start to think about them all together, I mean, I, I don't know. They just going to sit there and wait for some of these older free agents, like prices on what they're demanding in free agency to come down. Is that what they're waiting for? Are they waiting for like? julio jones to play for three million dollars are they waiting for jarvis landry those type of guys i mean is that the plan right now i mean it it seems like it to just kind of wait it out and wait till the prices come down maybe one or two of them if
0: that's what aaron Rodgers wants i just want to know how involved he really is that was one of the big sticking points last year he wants to be involved their attitude is you just work here so was he involved in the in the strategic decision-making process that has put them on this current path where their top receiver under contract is Randall Cobb. And now they're embarking on this. Maybe Julio Jones will come play here. Maybe we can get Jarvis Landry to come here. Maybe we'll get the guy that we want in the draft. I, I, I hell I I'd
1: want Aaron Rodgers in
0: the war room with me the night of the draft and not sitting at home Drink drinking tequila and waiting to see what happens. This might
1: be one you're right. You might want him involved I, in it a little bit. It, it's I, that I, big of a I decision. Wanted, I, wanted
0: to, I wanted to watch tape on these receivers. Yeah, have him bought here's, in. Here's what here, – exactly. I want to seal off in advance any opportunity for him to piss and moan after the fact that why did they draft this guy? Yeah. Oh, God, this guy? Oh, really? This guy? This is the guy you're giving me? Yeah, yeah that's the guy you wanted, so don't complain. That That's – and I know that the Packers have a certain way of doing things, but hey, if you're going to pay Aaron Rodgers $62 million a year as part of this effort to get him to want to be there, at some point, I mean, he's the most important employee in the entire organization. Yeah. Yeah. In an organization with no owner, he is the most powerful and important figure, the most highly compensated person in the entire Green Bay Packers organization. So you better involve him in this. You're pinning his legacy, his ability to add to his accomplishments in the NFL on whether or not you get a first-round or second-round receiver who can come in and make a difference. You better get Aaron Rodgers involved. You better find out what he's looking for. You better let him watch film so he can say, I kind of like the way he came out of that break. I like the way he caught that ball in traffic. Great. I think I could trust him to do this. You better. Why? why wh- That's the other thing, too. We've heard quarterbacks say this in the past. Why wouldn't you want that? Rodgers has said it. I've been doing this for
1: years. Yeah. Why wouldn't they want my input? I I, I don't know I don't know that either. And you know what, I, what I'd say too it's like to to what you're saying like you know there's a lot of stories Manning, Brady, those they got to watch guys and kind of give their pecking order. Not that the organization was going to be like oh, this is written in stone, but uh Rodgers has hit that point to where you go, he's seen a lot of good receivers. He knows football. He understands how to run routes. He understands all the nuances for offense and wide receiver. He's going to have an eye for helping us evaluate, you know, the wide receiver. And I know that, you know, New England with Brady and, and the Colts with Manning, yeah, they, they let them – Hey, watch these five or six guys. You know, go throughs. Give us your thoughts, some feedback on what you like, didn't like about that. I think I'm with you, Mike. They'd be crazy not to do that, especially in this year, and especially for the reason you talked about, to where it gives him and and you know no wiggle room to go. Ah, they drafted the the guy I hated the most, or the one I would have never drafted. Um, Maybe they'd do that anyways, but I would certainly ask for Aaron Rodgers' help here in this one. I would.
0: By the way, Kyle Shanahan, as mentioned earlier, did show up and had some things to say. He did or did not comment on the quality
1: of the French fried potatoes. (laughs) you're funny what he did is Is that a message to you well i think so he's like damn you know i'll I'll do top button swag like my buddy chris sims i mean he looks cool so let me try to look cool like him my my friend's not here he
0: looks sad that you're not there i know combing his hair like me now
1: too i mean holy stop jocking me geez you're a 49ers head coach stop jocking me you're making all this money i'm not that important come on (laughs) he
0: looks forlorn he looks lonely he misses his friend he wanted to smoke out i sm- wanted to smoke with you last night yes he did he wanted to hang out with you last night and smoke on the beach it's very sad that he didn't get to do that let's take a break more from the league meetings and everything else happening in the nfl right after this pete carroll energetic spry still going bob glauber says the coach's media availability ended A long time ago, one guy is still going, and it is Pete Carroll. He's the guy who's acting like he's in his 40s, and Kyle's looking like the guy who's in his 70s. (laughs) Here's Pete Carroll. It may have something to do with consumption last night. Here's Pete Carroll when asked if the team would consider still bringing in another veteran quarterback. We're still in the quarterback business, Pete Carroll said. Well, I should hope so. Drew Locke can't be the answer. Can't be. Cannot be
1: the answer. Yeah, I can't see that either. I, I, I don't. You know, I, I got to think at the end of the day, it, this is where I'm going to peg You know, Baker Mayfield. to me that just makes too much sense. You threw it out day one. Team trying to prove, player trying to prove. It makes sense right there. That connection, let alone, hey, Drew Locke, we got talent. But you're right. You can't hang your hat on that. I, 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 I couldn't. I mean, that just. I don't know how you could trust it all the way. Uh, bring Baker Mayfield in. You know, you let him compete with Drew Locke. I would think he beats him out. But like we talked about, Drew Locke has some talent. If Drew Locke just totally balls out and is amazing, okay, then maybe you're on to something. But uh they gotta be in the quarterback business. They they can't be sitting standing pat with Drew Locke, to your point. We were big believers in Drew Locke yeah. when he yeah. came
0: out of Missouri and fell to round two, forty second overall pick. And I remember that first game he played where he really got everyone's attention December of his rookie year against the Texans. He was doing the Buzz Lightyear celebration, yeah, right. and he went off. He went off, but, you know, he was injured for most of his first year, and it's been injuries and ineffectiveness, and he hasn't been able to, to stay at his ceiling. We've seen flashes of it, and it just hasn't worked. So yeah. you can't entrust the job to him post-Russell Wilson, and it's not going to be easy for anybody post-Russell Wilson. Uh, but But that's why Mayfield makes sense because – He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. The team's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. They're they're going back to square one in certain respects to where they were in 2010 and trying to build it out again. They've got the draft capital to try to do it. It's gonna be on John Schneider to pick the right players and Pete Carroll to coach him up, but it can't be. It can't be Drew Locke. And maybe, maybe, you know, there is that sense, hey, if the 49ers cut Jimmy G, maybe the Seahawks would be interested. But like you said yesterday, based on what he's done against the Seahawks, why would they want him?
1: I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't. And and again, too, it's it's, you know, an an offense that seems like they want to boot legs and move the quarterback and do a little bit of that too. That's not necessarily Jimmy Garoppolo's cup of tea. Uh I, I wouldn't think they'd go that way. Again, I don't think that's the greatest selling point for for your fan base either, is hey, we'll We'll take the other team you know, in our division that's our rival. We'll take their, you know, their throwaway, their garbage there. Uh, I, I don't see it going that way. I, if I'm them, I take a shot at Baker Mayfield. You could strike gold with Baker Mayfield. Like we've talked about, we've seen moments of going, damn, that's pretty good football play right there for the third, fourth week in a row. So there could be potential for, you know, a real future there. And that's why I would take that chance. But like with you, you can't sell that. If, if, if Drew Locke is the starter in Seattle and they start out one and five and he's thrown 13 interceptions, uh, John Schneider and Pete Carroll, that'll be it. You'll be done. They're, the whole fan base is going to go, that's it. They, they're done. They've lost their minds and they can't run the organization and they'll be out of town. So they got to have something better than that following Russell Wilson, like you said.
0: Even if the divorce from Russell Wilson was inevitable, and it was smart for them to do it now instead of next year by way of maximizing assets, they are on the clock. They have got to do something quickly to rebuild faith and trust in the fan base, or they will be gone. Yeah. Now, we don't know anything about Jody Allen's ownership style and how much she'll tolerate and will she step in and do something. There was a report at one point last year she wasn't happy about the way things were going, but... Uh, if if they are disastrous this year, if they go five and twelve, I I fully expect it's reset button for 2023. It's going to be hard to convince ownership otherwise if the fan base completely checks out. Aaron Donald not checking out of the NFL, he will be back, and now the team has to figure out a contract. Sean McVay addressing that today at the NFC coaches breakfast. He's very relieved that. Aaron Donald is back, but they have to work out the deal. And this is a guy who has held out multiple times, Aaron Donald, to get his second contract. And he is woefully underpaid now. It is time to pay Aaron Donald full market value. It's time to take care of Aaron Donald and uh, um, make sure that it's not a year-to-year retirement thing. Get him at the top of the market for the final few years of his prime, however long it lasts. Could be two, could be three, could be four. But th- this guy needs to be paid fairly, and I know that sparked quite an argument from us.
1: Don't be selfish, Aaron week.
0: Donald. Don't do it. Don't be, be selfish. selfish, Aaron. <laughs> be selfish. Hey, hey. Do you think? And I know that there's no salary cap for coaches, but and and I know that Sean McVay has been very careful in how this has been presented. But but Amazon comes sniffing around with twenty million a year for five years. You can't tell me Stan Kroenke didn't dig deep. Not that he would have to dig very deep into his very deep pockets, but he just has to scratch the surface to find the money to properly compensate Sean McVay. And because that that isn't made available, there's no transparency. Very, very little information do we ever get about what coaches make. Yeah. I'd like to think that Sean McVay parlay that circumstance into a
1: major payday. Would think so. Cronk. Would think so. Definitely. Would think Sean McVay is like officially in the top 5 highest paid coaches, you know, conversation in the upper teens, whatever, 18, 17 million. I I wouldn't be shocked if the numbers somewhere in that that, that department um Aaron Donald, I mean, I'm with you, Mike, too. I mean, I want him to be taken care of. He's he's in the conversation for greatest defensive players ever. He's done everything perfectly for that organization. He's handled himself on and off the field like a true professional, let alone biggest moments in the history of their organization. He made the biggest play to help them win the Super Bowl and, and establish and plant their flag in L.A. So, Yes, awesome that he's going to be back, good for the Rams, and, yeah, they got to find a way to make him, if not the highest, one of the highest defensive-paid players in the NFL. All
0: right, let's take a break. More from the NFC coach's
1: breakfast and more things happening
0: around the NFL when PFT Live continues right after this. Nick Sirianni, Eagles coach who did a fine job in his first year with the team, took the Eagles to the postseason. On quarterback Jalen Hurts, Sirianni said at the NFC coach's breakfast, I couldn't be more excited. In other words, we wanted Deshaun Watson, but he wasn't interested in us, so we're going (laughs) to love the one we're with. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But at some point, he's your guy. Jalen Hurts is their guy. I think they're always looking for an upgrade. Every team that doesn't have one of the truly top five quarterbacks in the NFL is always looking for an upgrade. Jeffrey Lurie himself said it in 2013 – our number one priority is to find a franchise quarterback that was after Donovan McNabb. They have still yet to find one. They thought they had one in Carson Wentz. Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl with them along the way. But they still don't have that franchise quarterback and Jalen Hurts may develop into a guy. You know, yeah. I said this last year, Chris, when we look at the quarterback tiers now, Jalen Hurts could be a guy you pay 25 to 30 million a year to and build the team around him and you don't have this huge investment in quarterback. And you don't expect him to play like a top-five guy. But because he's not counting for so much under the cap, you can have a competitive team that has a robust lineup of veterans. And you can still win. It would be a great – I think someone is going to do this. I know. I hear as you. The, as right. the accordion spreads right. on quarterback contracts, right. somebody's going to say, we are deliberately targeting a guy that is worth $25 million, that is happy with $25 million, and that's going to give us a lot more in extra cap space – to build the team around
1: it. I, I, I think we're going to see some teams go that that route. I do. You know, just go the team way and go, wait, the quarterback's good. It doesn't have to be a superstar for us to win the Super Bowl. Um, we've seen plenty of teams win the Super Bowl throughout time with, without quarterbacks that are a top five in the NFL. That's for sure. So, uh, I, 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 listen, there's something there to Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I understand them going forward with him. There was a lot of progress made last year. Yeah, I know. And we heard like, Hey, if one of the superstars fell on their lap, maybe they'd be interested. Okay. Yeah, great. Those are superstars. You got to talk about that or at least think about it a little bit. But I think there is a belief in that organization in Jalen Hurts. You could see it even at the combine when I talked to Nick Sirianni talking about Jalen Hurts. I didn't get the sense it was a BS answer or like a Matt rule. Like, Hey, I'd love to coach Cam Newton. You could see, like, he lit up about it and the way Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts is everything you want in a franchise quarterback, except for one area. He's just got to get better at dissecting defenses from in the pocket, like we saw in the playoff game or some other games that were a little ugly for them offensively. When the running game kind of fell apart, it's not the part you can depend on him to quite be that machine you would like quite yet. But. It has gotten better to where you think, wait, this kid works, he's got the right attitude, and they like him, to where maybe it can be substantially better this year and next to where then we don't have that question anymore.
0: Dennis Allen, new coach of the New Orleans Saints, said that Taysom Hill will be focusing on the tight end position in 2022. His main benefactor is gone In Sean Payton remember he did that contract last year that was hyped and pay up to this and up to that it's all premised on him playing quarterback and playing quarterback at a high level so that ship sails now for Taysom Hill he's going to get paid like a tight end he's settling into that that area of expertise and uh, uh, he's going to get paid accordingly he's still got a role and i still think he could be very important to that team but Agreed. it just never it never clicked and it never happened and i and i don't know why because in that playoff game against the vikings he was phenomenal and they never really fully embraced him in that role ever after that ever again where they used him that kind of way but they never go all in they've never i've never felt like they've gone all in with him the way they should no
1: i you know, it doesn't seem that way i i always thought there was some potential for the player too i had the same feeling you did uh, two years ago, when Breeze got hurt, I mean, what'd they do? Go three and one or four and one with him? He made some. Uh, he had played some really good games in that little stretch too. Last year, uh, I think what what hurt it more than anything is then he hurt his finger early on when he finally did get a chance to play, and then it didn't look great there. You know, we had a lot of throws. Where we're like, oh, that's not good enough. Whatever. So it feels like it's been squashed. I don't necessarily think he's going to be happy about that. Anybody you talk to around the Saints or knowing anything about them the last few years is going to tell you that uh, Taysom Hill loves quarterback. You know, I, I mean, I, Drew Brees before the year started, he always would say, even like, oh, I feel like Taysom's heart is at quarterback. He really wants to give that a go. So I'm, so I'm sure he doesn't love this, but. Um, mm, this is going to be interesting career point right here for Taysom Hill. He might have to make a a real decision on on one or the other.
0: Yeah, not a consideration at quarterback yeah. this season, and he has said time and again he wants to play quarterback. And I wonder if at some level he's feeling like maybe he he got set up a little bit with that contract he did last year. You know, maybe Peyton knew he was leaving. He signs a, a contract that pays him very differently, whether he's a quarterback or a non-quarterback. And now here comes new coaching staff, and they make him a non-quarterback. I don't know how long that contract goes. I'm going to have to do a little research on this. but uh, and, and see, by the time he gets free from that contract, he's going to be, what, 33, 34? It's just a shame. He never really got an opportunity in New Orleans, and he's going to be too old to get an opportunity anywhere else. Probably. Yeah, probably is going to be.
1: And, you know, nonetheless, he can make a good career being that tight end, H-back, Kyle check kind of guy for the 49ers, coming out of the backfield, you know, getting a few catches in the flat, vertical up the seam. Hey, here's a handoff. Here's a little speed sweep, whatever. Uh, he's got a tremendous skill set to where he can still have a great effect on that offense.
0: Finally, Cam Newton tells Shefty, I have teams that are interested in signing me. I am waiting on the best fit as it pertains to winning a championship and getting a fair chance to play. Those are high goals for a guy that most teams would look at and say the window is closed
1: on him. He has no chance of being regarded as a starting quarterback, at least from what I've seen. I don't understand, I don't even think that's possible. You know, it, it's go somewhere and maybe be the best backup you can be and, and try to choose it through that route. But I can't imagine Hard any team do. signing him as a starter. Hard to do because when Cam Newton shows up,
0: all those guys who grew I up know. idolizing Cam Newton start gravitating toward him. You need a franchise quarterback who's very secure in his position. We are out of time. See you at 5 o'clock Eastern for BFT PM. Have a great day. See ya.